bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless those who fear the Lord, both small and great. May the Lord give you increase more and more. Come on now, you and your children. May you be blessed by the Lord who made heaven and earth. Praise God. May you be blessed this morning as you give. Just a few announcements, young adults, tomorrow night. Pizza night. Be watching an episode of The Chosen, so bring a friend with you. It's going to be a great time together. Communion this morning at the end of the service, so we look forward to enjoying communion together. And our brother J.T. Thompson, he beat us to heaven. Amen. He, uh, brother J.T. passed on uh, Thursday morning, and um, his homegoing celebration will be on Tuesday at the New Heritage Funeral Home in Gardendale. So a lot of people are familiar with, with um, rideouts there in Gardendale, but this is the one across from rideouts. And that's um, 12 to 2 visitation, Tuesday 12 to 2, and the funeral will be at 2 p.m., and I've been honored uh, with uh, the opportunity to uh, officiate that ceremony. So, uh, amen. If you think about Sister Nancy, I know she, she came different, you know, sporadically some with Brother JT. Some of you may know Nancy, maybe not. But if you think about her and JT uh, this week, you'll be sure and pray for her. Praise God. Amen. All right, let's go to Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6 this morning. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Trust in the Lord, leaning not on your own understanding, acknowledging him in all your ways are things necessary for God to be able to direct your paths. If you do not trust him, if you lean on your own understanding of things, if you refuse to acknowledge him, it makes it impossible for him to direct your paths. And so we talk about the paths of God, we're talking about the ways of God, the way that God does things, the way that he would have you and me do things. And if we avoid the ways of God because they seem risky or don't make sense, um, this will keep you and me in a state of immaturity. In other words, if we're, if we're going to grow, if we're going to develop, if we're going to mature, then we're going to have to learn to trust the Lord. We do not grow in love and trust by hearing only. Now, we've talked a lot about trust ending 23 and into the early part now of 24, 2024. But we've also mentioned alongside trust is this word love. And I'm convinced that this life is about a lot of things, but but one of the most important things this life on this earth is about is our learning to love and trust. To, to love like Jesus loves and, and to trust God. And, um, and so these are, are two key areas of growth. Let me, say it, let me say it another way. If you're not growing in your capacity to love and if you're not growing in your capacity to trust, then you're not growing. And there's a lot of things that that we can use to try to measure and determine um, our growth. And one of the mistakes, it's a critical mistake that people make, is they use other people. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They, they, they judge their growth and development and progress based upon somebody else's growth and development and progress. And, of course, the Bible tells us that we should never compare ourselves amongst ourselves. And because if you compare yourself to someone who's further ahead than you, it'll, it'll make you feel inferior. If you compare yourself to someone who's not as far along as you, it'll make you feel superior. 
And God's not wanting you to feel inferior or superior to any human being. Amen. He's wanting you to owe no man anything but to love him. So two key areas, if you really want to focus on growing and developing in the things of God in 2024, then ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Ask the Holy Word of God to help you grow and develop in these areas of love and trust. So again, we do not grow in love and trust by hearing only. We grow in love and trust by doing, and to be clear, by loving and trusting. By loving and trusting. Now, let's take a quick side journey to Hebrews 5. 12, 13, and 14. I'll put it up on the screen. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God, and you have come to need milk and not solid food. What, are, what, are you, what do you think would be on the list of the first principles of the oracles of God? Reckon love and trust would be somewhere on that list? <laughs> I would think so. I would think so. The, these are the basics. Um, God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. He first loved us, right? We love Him because He first loved us. Learning to love God, learning to receive God's love in our own lives, learning uh, and understanding that the Holy Spirit is in our hearts, pouring out the love of God, desiring to love other people through you and me. These are, these are Christianity Basics 101, uh, living in Christ Jesus 101. So now notice, He's talking to people who have been in the church long enough to be examples and to teach others these first principles of the oracles of God. And yet, what do they need? They've come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age, that is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. We see in Scripture where our spiritual growth and development is... uh, is compared to our physical or natural growth and development, where we go from uh, a baby to a child, uh, you know, into uh, adulthood or maturity. And so in the same way that someone can be be physically immature, someone can also be spiritually uh, immature, can be as a spiritual baby, can be as a spiritual child, or can be as um, a spiritual adult. Amen. And, of course, we see that, you know, as we grow and develop, we are able to uh, take on more and more responsibility. We can be trusted by God with more and more of His precious things and kingdom resources. Use the example of me giving my five-year-old son the keys to my truck. I mean, that, that would not be a blessing to him or to anybody else. So it's not that I'm withholding it from him. It's just that he has not developed and matured to the point yet where he's ready for that level of responsibility, for that level of, of blessing. And so, again, Father's withheld no good thing from you and me. But there are certain things that we will never be able to experience and enjoy in Christ Jesus until we grow up some more. We grow up some more. So immaturity is not only costing you and me, it's costing those around us who would benefit from the gifts that we have um, for them. Now, in these verses, and I had to split them because of of the length of the verses, and I put verse 12 and 13 back up. Look at verse 13, that word unskilled. And then in verse 14, the word use, who by reason of use. So skill and use both speak to doing the word and not just hearing it. The writer of Hebrews, ultimately the Holy Spirit, he never said these people were unknowledgeable in the word. He didn't say they were still as spiritual babies because they didn't know anything about love 
or they didn't know anything about trust. They knew plenty about it, but they were unskilled in these areas. And they were unskilled and were not sharpened or not developed because of a lack of use, uh, because of a lack of doing. So the difference is in the doing. That's what Jesus taught us in, in many different forms. The difference is in the doing. So we can hear about love and trust and make a lot of notes and memorize every verse in the Bible that refers to these things, but never grow up into love and trust and in Jesus and these things unless we actually step out and do love and trust. Are you with me? Now, it's going to take me a minute or two to get there, so, but I'm going to go ahead and just kind of let you be uh, marinating on this as, as we go. We're going, to talk about, we're going to talk about stop playing it safe this morning. And, and that's one of the real issues that we have in the body of Christ today that's holding the body of Christ back is that the individual members of the body of Christ uh, are, are playing it safe, playing it safe. Think of the enemy playing it safe is to love and trust. Why don't we love more? Well, we're playing it safe. You don't want to put ourselves out there too far. Why don't we not trust more? We're playing it safe, you know. What if it doesn't work out? All right, so just keep that in the heart, in, in, the, in the back of your mind as we move forward in these things. Satan uses fear to keep us from progressing in the forward and upward call God has for our lives. Remember, Father's trying to get you to a place in life you cannot get to on your own. We grow in the things of God by identifying our fears and moving towards them. As long as, as, long as fear pushes us away and pushes us uh, into backing up and holding off and playing it safe... We will never grow in the things of God. The alternative to trusting God and moving forward is staying where you are and continuing to walk around the same mountain again and again and again. Last week we said we need to beware of becoming stagnant. Okay? And I was thinking about this this morning. A routine can be your friend, but it can also become a trap. We need routines. I don't know what your morning routine is. We all have, a, hopefully, a morning routine. Um, for some reason, I brush my teeth after the shower. I don't know why, but that's, it would seem odd to me if I brushed my teeth before I took my shower. I don't know why, again, but that's just my routine. So we establish routines. As a matter of fact, our, our brain uh, almost does that for us. You know, it, you know, the more you do thing, uh, things a certain way, you, you can almost go like on autopilot. Amen. And again, for me, that's a friend. Um, I love to pray in unknown tongues while I'm in the shower um, and sing if, if Pam's uh, still resting, not too loudly, uh, in the shower, worship in the shower. But a lot of times I get out of the shower and I start looking for my phone because the Holy Spirit reveals a lot of truth to me while I'm in the shower, right? But if I had to be sitting there going, okay, what do I do next? Oh, yes, right, I got to wash my hair. No, see, again, all that's a routine. It's almost like I'm on automatic pilot. So now my mind is free to think about my day and, and to... And to focus on other things. But if you're not careful, the routine will set your mind free to worry about the day. Right? right? I don't know how old I was. My mom and dad might could, could tell you. But um, we were raised, and I'm so thankful for my upbringing in, in, in the Southern Baptist Church. They, they taught me a lot of wonderful things about the Lord and, and the basics of the Bible. And, and in, in their days, there was a, a very popular evangelist named Angel Martinez. Angel Martinez. Anybody besides my family ever heard of Angel Martinez? Okay, yeah, I see some folks, all right? So, um, so we went, it was over Shades Mountain uh, Baptist, I think is where he was, one of the larger churches and still is in this area. And we went over there to hear uh, Angel Martinez. And I remember 
you could technically say it's the first sermon I ever preached because I went back to school that, that next morning. I preached most of uh, uh, Pastor Martinez, Reverend Martinez's sermon uh, to my elementary, my grade school teacher. And, and I remember one of the things that he said, and it sticks with me to this day, he said, a rut is nothing more than a grave with both ends knocked out of it. <laughs> I don't know why. I remember sitting crisscross applesauce in front of my um, uh, grade school teacher, and she was kind of sitting there like this. And to this day, I don't know if she was like tolerating me or if the Lord was really ministering to her, but I was planting the seeds anyway, right? And I was, I was sitting there in a little circle. The other kids are like, when is he ever going to stop sharing? You know, it's kind of like our opportunity show and tell kind of situation. You know? And, man, I just I opened up my mouth and Pastor Martinez's sermon came out. You know what I'm saying? I was, just was, I was just giving it. But that is one of the things that, you know, and I think about that often, you know, because he said we can get in a rut. But, again, if you're not careful, a rut just becomes a grave where we, we never do anything different. We never um, shift uh, our routine. A routine can be your friend, but it can also become a trap. Why? Because old paths will never take you to new places. Old paths will never take you to new places. Isn't it funny how we keep trying to find a new place in life by following the same paths? Amen. Leaning on your own understanding locks you into the same old path that leads you back to the same old place over and over again. Now, this is another verse you should be very familiar with, Jeremiah 10 and 23. Oh, Lord, I know the way of man is not in himself. It's not in man who walks to direct his steps. Now, your own ways and your own understanding will never get you to the place of blessing, prosperity, contentment, effectiveness, and soundness that God has for you. Okay? I want to I kind of spend just a minute here. I don't want to rush through this too quickly. Because this is one of the points that the Holy Spirit was really breathing on this morning, okay? Your own ways and your own understanding, how you do things and how you understand the way things work, they will never get you to the place of blessing, prosperity. See, sometimes we just kind of sum all this up with the best life God has for you. But if we break that down, our promised land, okay, um, the place that that Father God is trying to get you and me to that we can't get to by ourselves. That's a place of blessing, daily blessing, increasing you and your children more and more. It's a place of prosperity. Praise God. Come on now. I thought I'd get a little more amen or grunt or something out of that. It's a place of contentment. It's a place of, you know, Paul said he learned whatever situation he found himself in, whether, whether everything around him was going great or everything around him seemed to be coming unhinged. He said he had learned to be content. Man, that contentment. It's, it, the Bible says godliness is good, but if you've got godliness with contentment, that's great gain to be content in life. And then it's also this place of effectiveness because we were all put on this earth to do something. You have a purpose, a destiny, assignment, gifts and callings, talents and abilities, what, what God put in you to offer to the world to, to, to glorify Him to, to bear fruit that glorifies His name, that honors Him, uh, to also be a blessing to you personally and individually. Effectiveness. You, you will never, ever, ever get to the place of effectiveness in life as a husband, as a wife, as a parent, as a child, as a grandparent, as an employer, as an employee, all these things. You'll never get to that place and that level of effectiveness, impactfulness, amen, that you desire to have by using your own ways and your own understanding. And then this one here, soundness, soundness. 
when, when the Bible uses this word soundness, it's talking about you being spiritually sound, mentally sound, emotionally sound, physically sound, and financially sound. Soundness, amen, on that firm foundation that Jesus put us on when he picked us up and turned us around. We sang about it this morning, okay? Whether, I mean, people who don't even believe there is a God, they, they are longing for this, this place of soundness. We, one, one word for soundness or uh, synonymous with soundness is this place of security, where, where we are secure, financially secure, Amen. See, the only way you will ever be financially secure is if you find your security in God and stop looking for it in money. God doesn't mind you having money, but He knows that money can never be a substitute for what only He can be to you in your life. And He would be doing you no favor, He would be doing you no favor if He created you in such a way as for things, other people, or, or, or money to satisfy uh, the desire for contentment and effectiveness and soundness in you, right? If all those other things could do it for you and not Him, He, he would have created you in such a way as to doom you. Soundness. Your own ways and your own understanding will never get you to the place of soundness that God has for you. Only His ways will. Only His understanding will. Now, this brings us to a subject we've been on now for a couple of weeks as we study through these things. God's ways seem hard. God's ways are God's ways hard? Really and truly, they're not. And I, you know, I hear people say this all the time. You know, God's way living for God's so hard. It's so hard being. It's not. Try doing it without God if you want to know what hard is. It, it bothers the devil's the one who wants to get this word hard, hard. And by the way, even if it is hard, you can do hard things. You can do all things through Christ which strengthens you. But this whole idea that, that living for God is hard and it's miserable and only shot you ever got at joy is going to heaven one day. No, no. Again, that is not the Bible. That is not our covenant. That is not who God is. And it's not what He desires. He wants to prosper you. And how about this one? He wants to glorify you because His being glorified in heaven is directly connected to you being glorified here on the earth. He wants you to prove his uh, uh, well-pleasing, beneficial, all-encompassing will of God for man. He wants you to become living proof of a living God on planet earth. And that he's a good God. And that he loves his children. And he knows how to give good things to his children. And he knows how to prosper and promote and protect and provide for his children. We should have that peace that makes no sense to the world in our lives every day. So much so that it, that it literally is giving off an aroma. You know, there's physical aromas, pleasant and not so pleasant. But then there's spiritual aromas. Anybody ever said, man, her attitude stinks? There are attitudes that literally give off an aroma. And, and Father God wants your life to give off, among other things, the aroma of victory. And the Holy Spirit showed this to the Apostle Paul because when the Romans would have uh, a, a great victory, uh, they would burn a, a certain um, combination of spices and incense that gave off, that was the aroma of victory. Literally, if you smelt that smell wafting through the streets of Rome, it meant that there was another great victory by the Roman Empire. It was a distinct smell 
physical aroma that clued everybody in on, um, you know, the, what's the Super Bowl next week? Whoever wins that thing, I don't know, balloons, confetti. I mean, also there's certain things that go along with that victory. That that that. Okay, man, look at this team. Look at how they're celebrating. What have you? Okay. So in the same way, so Paul looked at that and he said, you know what? He said, our lives should be giving off that kind of aroma. Oh, sweet Jesus. So God's ways aren't hard. They seem hard. They seem hard. God's ways to bless you and prosper you financially involve giving. That seems hard. It's not hard to write a check. Is it hard to write a check? For something you want? <laughs> Are you hearing me? It's not, that's, man, I've been, I've been saving up for this. I mean, we can't wait to get the money out of our pocket. Actually, taking money from ourselves and handing it over to something or somebody else, that's not hard to do, right? But if you trust in that money and don't trust in God, it's going to seem really hard to give it to God. It's not hard. It's not hard to give it in other areas. <laughs> Get so quiet up in here when I start talking about money. Y'all are getting better at that, though. I think you're picking up on it, right? Amen. Okay. We've already received an offer. Don't get nervous. So God's ways seem hard because they expose internal weaknesses and unresolved issues in our lives. By design. And thank God they do. Amen. The Word of God brings correction. The Word of God um, brings, the same word that brings correction brings reproof. Reproof means it exposes what needs to be corrected and dealt with in our lives, and then it also has the ability to, to repair it or to make it right. When the Israelites felt pressure over Moses' absence, he was their security blanket, right? Once you're sure about that. See, again, you would look at those people and you think they trusted God. They didn't, they didn't really have the trust in God that they needed yet, but they did have some trust in Moses. But now Moses is up on top of the mountain. The mountain's on fire and melting. So there's no way Moses survived that is kind of what they're thinking, right? So notice now, they felt the pressure of Moses' absence and what happened. They started pulling off the gold that God had given them. And as Aaron so lamely explained it, he said, we put the gold in the fire and the calf popped out. But we know that the calf didn't pop out of the fire, it popped out of them. So here's a question for us. What pops out of us when we face challenges, difficulties, or disappointments? Are you following me? What, what pops out of you when, you know, I think it was Pastor Bill Winston that said, if you squeeze a ketchup bottle, ketchup's coming out of it, right? And what's, Matthew 12, 34, what's in the heart in abundance is going to come out of you when life squeezes you. So now the Israelites are getting squeezed and what does it expose? It exposes what's in them. It comes out of them. Unresolved issues must be brought to the surface and dealt with in our lives. The calf in their hearts represented an unresolved issue. When I say unresolved issue, I'm talking about something that needed to be dealt with in their hearts and in their lives and in their minds and in their thinking and in their actions, but it hadn't been dealt with yet. And in case you aren't aware of this, let me make sure you know this. Nothing goes away until it's resolved. This is why forgiveness is so important. Giving it and receiving it is so important. Because left unchecked, 
forgiveness turns into a root of bitterness. And now, next thing you know, many people are being defiled by one offense that one person didn't want to deal with in their hearts and in their lives. Is this important to God? Yes, it's important to God. Let me tell you how important it is to God. He says, if your brother has ought against you, before you put your offering in the plate, go work it out with them and then come back and give your money. What is he saying? He's saying, don't let unresolved issues keep you from benefiting from the ways of God in your life. Unresolved issues must be brought to the surface and dealt with in our lives or they will prevent us from experiencing and enjoying the fullness that God has for us. Sometimes in counseling and things, you know, you talk with somebody and and you know that you hit a nerve. Sometimes standing in this pulpit, you know, um, you hit a nerve with some people. You know what I mean by hitting a nerve? But in counseling, the feedback comes like, well, you know, I really don't want to talk about that. You know, I, I don't like talking about that. That's, that's behind me. That's over. That's done, right? So, but now watch this, okay? I agree with we shouldn't talk about things that are over with and done. You know, if, if it's over, if it's done, then let's move on, right? It's an upward call. It's a forward call. Let's move forward and quit revisiting old hurts and old wounds and old this and old that. But now watch this, though. This is what the Lord showed me. I've been delivered from biting my fingernails, and to be honest with you, I, it was never about the fingernails. It was about the skin around them. Don't look at me like you ain't never done it. Some of you have, right? Okay. But see, now watch this. As long as that skin is dead, you can chew on it all day. But the minute you get to the part that's alive, it's called the quick, right? The minute you get to that part that's alive... See, now it's like, oh, man, what have I done? Is it bleeding? Is it bleeding? Oh, it's bleeding. Yeah, I'm saying, okay. So, see, if something's really dead in your life, you can talk about it. You can talk about the goodness of God and how he brought you through it. And it's not a factor. It's not an issue. The Bible talks about your consciousness of sin, your consciousness, your awareness of these things, and, and our ability to forget them. Amen. See, until we allow the Holy Spirit to show us that it's dead and it's gone and it's never going to be held against you again, and it's dead, then notice, see, it's still alive. So an unresolved issue would be an issue that's still alive, that we need the blood of Jesus to drown for us. Amen? Amen? All right. So the calf in their hearts was an unresolved issue. Let's go through another few more of these. God's ways seem hard because they reveal who and what we're truly looking to for the things we want and need. God's ways are not hard, but they are different from man's ways. God's ways are not hard, but they are different from man's ways. God's ways seem hard because they are unfamiliar and our flesh likes familiar. This is Isaiah 42 and 16. This is uh, from the New King James Version. We, we jumped on this right at the end of a sermon about three or four weeks ago, and I wanted to circle back around to it. I will bring the blind by a way they did not know. I will lead them in paths they have not known. I will make darkness light before them and crooked places straight. These things I will do for them and not forsake them. So God has a way out for us, but he's saying it's a, it's a, it's a path you haven't been down before. It's, it's a way that you don't know. And he's going to have to lead you down a path you've never traveled before, down a path you do not know. 
Remember, God can only take you as far as your trust in Him will allow. You've got to trust Him to follow Him down a path you've never been before, down a way that you don't know anything about. The God's Word translation, I really like the, the, the translation of this verse from the God's Word translation. I will lead the blind on unfamiliar roads. I will lead them on unfamiliar paths. I will turn darkness into light in front of them. So now notice what's happening, okay? Someone who is blind, he's not just talking about somebody who's physically blind. He's talking about somebody who can't see things the way they truly are. This kind of circles all the way back to where we started 2023, right? The ability to see things as they truly are. What you look to, what you look through, what you look through determines how you see the world around you. And so we've got to learn how to look to the right things so we can see things as they truly are. If the light that's in you be darkness, how great is the darkness? Darkness is not just the inability to see, but it's the inability to see things as they truly are. So notice now, we're going to, have to we'll develop this some more next week or in, in the days ahead. But notice now he's saying that as they follow, as the, as the one who can't see things as they truly are, as he or she follows the Lord, trust, right? Trusts him and follows him down the path. Now all of a sudden darkness becomes light before them. Now all of a sudden they can see what they couldn't see before. Now, let me say it another way. What did not make sense to their own understanding becomes clear and obvious. But if you never take that step, you'll remain blind. The Lord wants to take you by the hand, not drag you. He's not going to drag you anywhere. If you hadn't figured that out by now, He's not going to drag you anywhere. If He was going to make anybody do anything, He'd make every human being on planet Earth fall down right now before God and get saved. I will make the places smooth. Come on now. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. They, these are the things I will do for them, and I will never abandon them. So unfamiliar roads. We get a sense of comfort and control from things that are familiar. Familiar has to, has to do with things that are well known because of close association. So familiar, again... We get a sense of comfort and control, and our flesh loves comfort and control. So do you see how these things, we're layering some things, but I think you're following this, right? This is where our comfort zone comes from. So because our flesh loves comfort and control, our flesh gravitates towards and clings to the familiar. And the older we get, the more attached we become to things that are familiar. This leads us to becoming set in our ways. Set in our ways. Gravitating towards and clinging to the familiar causes us to refuse, resist, and reject anything unfamiliar. So your own understanding prefers familiar over unfamiliar and what is known over what is unknown. We've got to know this about ourselves. You've got to recognize this. Come on now. I've I got more today than we're going to get through today, but let's just, let's just dig in here for a minute, okay? Think about this. We've got to recognize this. We've got to understand where these battle lines are drawn, so much so that when we're facing this, this, this uh, branch in the road, right? God's way to the right, the world's way, man's way, the devil's way, whatever, to the left. There's only two ways. Only two ways, right? God's way or, or the other, Okay. We come to this branch in the road because we've, we've gone the other way so many times. It seems so familiar. We know where it leads. And even if we're not super excited about where it leads, it gives us this sense of comfort and control. And, and, and we're torn now. This is why doing it God's ways seems hard. It seems, oh, it seems so hard. It ain't hard. Matter of fact, you're going to find out that that road's got a lot of bumps and a lot of blind curves. This way is going to be smooth. 
This way is going to be easy and light. If it's heavy and if it's hard, it ain't, you're on the wrong road. That don't mean there's not going to be challenges. Are you seeing this? So we've we got to recognize this going into it. That we're going to face situations in our lives where God's telling us to go right. The Holy Spirit's leading us, trying to direct our paths to the right. Which requires us trusting Jesus and following Him. And He can only take you as far as your trust in Him will allow. Or we're just going to keep going the old path again. And praying this time that it'll turn out different. That, I don't know if that helps you, but it helps me. I think I believe in Jesus' name by faith it does help you. But it helps me to recognize that this, this, is, this is a part of it. Let me say it another way. Our, our own understanding interprets an unfamiliar and unknown path as risky. So comfort and control tell us what? Avoid risk. Avoid risk. Don't do that. That's risky. Don't go there. It's risky. Just do it this way. Do it that way. Because that way is so risky. Well, again, anything that's unknown and unfamiliar, your brain's going to interpret as risky. Anything that your brain has association, your brain's saying something like this to you. I'm just kind of trying to act this out so you understand. Your brain's saying something like this to you because you know if you've been down this road and you're, you're associated with it, you, you know where it leads. But again, your brain says, okay, because we know where it leads, maybe we can miss some of the potholes we hit last time. Maybe we can do better this time. I can't tell you how many times people that I've served and, and ministered to coming out of addiction um, that have relapsed and failed, and I'm trying to help them, and they tell me, they tell me, I, listen, I, I hear what you're saying, Pastor Mark, but I know where I messed up. I know what I need to do different. I know where I got off track. Right? So what are they saying? They're saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it the same way I did it last time, but I'm just going to do it better this time. Are you following me? Okay, praise God. Where does our time go when we're together on Sunday mornings? Amen. Remember, familiar gives you a sense of control. So related to this then, God's ways seem hard because the human brain considers them risky. This obviously is an offshoot of our flesh-loving comfort and control. Risky. And comfort and control do not get along. They don't like each other. Comfort and control try to gang up on risky and avoid it at all costs. Now, I at least had to get this far. So thank you, Holy Spirit, for helping me at least get this far. Okay. This is a word from the Lord for all of us, myself included. Maybe for me first. Amen. And then everybody else. He said this to us. Are you ready? Do not spiritualize your dysfunction by playing it safe and calling it wisdom. Do you understand what I mean by spiritualizing your dysfunction? It's when we're, we're out here doing things our own way according to our own understanding and we're trying to justify it by, by, by us, you know, smearing it with some kind of you know, spiritual mumbo-jumbo, right? And this is a key one right here where God's telling you to do something that your brain's telling you is risky. And so rather than obeying God and submitting to His will for your life, we instead do what we want to do and what we call it wisdom. We call it wisdom, okay? Let's go ahead and nail it down right now. Again, we need to know this going in, okay? The wisdom of God is always going to seem risky to your brain. Are you following me? 
The wisdom of God says, give and it will be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. The wisdom of God says, pay your tithes and see if I'll not open the windows of heaven, pour out blessings from my world into yours that you don't have room enough to contain, and I'll rebuke the devourer for your sake. This is the wisdom of God. And your brain hears that, and your brain says, oh, let's don't get carried away now. Right? You start getting crazy with this, and you start giving and paying your tithes, and you're not going to be able to pay your bills. See, so let's do what? Instead, let's play it safe. Look, if you want to give, your brain will tell you this even. Your brain, your brain says, if you want to give, just give God a few dollars. He understands. And what are you doing? You're being, you're being wise. No, see, the wisdom of God and your brain, they don't get along. Because your own understanding resides in your brain. Are you hearing me? Your own understanding resides in your brain. No one ever did something great for God by playing it safe. You don't experience, receive, or perform miracles by playing it safe. Abraham would have never left his homeland and his family playing it safe. Am I right about it? Peter would have never gotten out of the boat and walked on water playing it safe. And I got about 15 or 20 of these that we don't have time for right now, so praise God. Matt, Vanessa, Daniel, if y'all would come, amen. You rest assured we'll be back here next week, okay? Now, see, I can, I can almost hear your thoughts because I can hear mine, okay? And I know you because I know me. Well, what is he saying? Just, just go be stupid and crazy? No. Be led by the Spirit. Be led by the Spirit. But being led by the Spirit means, listen to me, it means you're going to be led according to the Word of God. If you think the Holy Spirit's leading you to do something and you're not sure about it, then talk to your elders. There's safety in a multitude of counsel. Amen. Amen. But you need to know going into this that when the Holy Spirit leads you to do something or just for that matter straight out of the Word of God leads you to do something, your brain is going to try to talk you out of it or some lesser version of it and by playing it safe and calling it wisdom. Name one person who ever did something for God by playing it safe. They don't, that person don't exist. That person don't exist. And let me, let me tell you what just absolutely puts a smile on your Heavenly Father's face. Is when your brain is telling you don't and the Holy Spirit in your heart is telling you do it. And you, when you come to the end, you just take off running. Trusting Him. Same is true with love. What's, what's the saying? Um, once bitten, twice shy. Who do you think is behind the bite? Satan's behind the bite. He's behind the hurt. Because the devil doesn't want you putting yourself out there. So what do we do? We play it safe and we call it wisdom. Come on now, we got to break free from this heritage. We got to break free from this. Amen. Amen. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you for your love and for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy and your kindness. Thank you for your patience, Lord. Ooh, Matthew said it earlier, long-suffering with us, Father. Uh, even you, we're your children. You love us. You're not ashamed of us. Still, so incredibly patient with us. Thank you for that. Father, help us. Lord, we, 
We not just want to talk about these things. We want to do them. We want to grow in our love. We want to grow in our trust, our love for you, our love for others, our trust in you, our trust in the people, Lord, that you've put into our lives, Lord, to serve us and to help us and to network together with us, fellowship together with us, Lord, that we need. We can't do what we've called to do on this earth without you, and we can't do what we're called to do on this earth without other people. Trust is the hindrance. Pardon me. Lack of trust is the hindrance. Trust is what lubricates the engine of your kingdom, Father. Fellowship is what lubricates the engine of your kingdom. Love is what lubricates the engine of your kingdom. It's like the oil that runs down Aaron's head and beard. It's a beautiful thing, a beautiful thing. How beautiful and pleasant it is when when we dwell together in unity. Father, we ask you now to forgive us for playing it safe and calling it wisdom when you are clearly, from your word and from the inward witness of your Holy Spirit, leading us to do certain and specific things in our own lives, in our own families. Help us grow. Help us grow. For your glory, Father. For your glory, Father. Amen. Those who will be serving communion, if you would please come forward this morning. As they come, they're going to uh, serve you the cup and the, uh, and the wafer. Um, all that we ask is that if you receive yours first, wait. We'll all partake together. And then also, um, if you're a guest with us this morning, if you're a member of the body of Christ, you're a member of us. Amen. And we would love for you to uh, partake of communion together with us. Amen. Let's stay in a, in a mode of, of worship and, and contemplation as they lead us and as you're being served.